Extreme Vocabulary is not your typical word of the day podcast. We don't just define words, we contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind words. I'm here today with uh, Abraham. Hey, what's up? You always sound slightly surprised that I you know, address you. I'm also here with Efren. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Lit cornering it up again, as I see. Or you will. And uh, I'm also here with the great JHA, our producer. Hello. Hi. How I like that one. That's all you got? All right. I think he likes What's it. Today's, yeah. What's today's word? Let's let's take control of this beast. Mezzanine. Mezzanine. I think this is my yes, fault. Mezzanine. Like so many oh, of our headaches. Uh, you mean because you, you mean because you chose the word? Yeah, I, I recommended it, and it just kind of went, became. Where'd you think of the word, by the way? In our song, our song for the uh, the episode by uh, Soul Coffee, and it's uh, it features prominently in the chorus. Of, you know, you got to take the elevator to the mezzanine. And then it repeats the, the title of the song after that, Super Bon Bon, Super Bon Bon. <clears throat> kind of stupid, but at the same time, just very random and memorable for me. Well, you chose, okay. so you chose the word based on the song. So this is a very opposite style episode so far. Well, it's, a, it's an odd word. You know, it's kind of, it comes out of left field. It sounds like it comes from Italy. And uh, what else? Uh, but yeah, the fact that uh, it, it showed up in that song and like, I don't know, struck me. It's a need. Or that. Do, do you guys think this is a kind of SAT word or no? I'd say it is. Yeah. It sounds like one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd okay. say it's a college word. You know what's funny is it sounds like a SAT word, but probably a lot of people have them. So it's actually one of those classist SAT words where like, if you're rich, you know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're broke like me, you're like, what is that? And then you have to go look it up. But also, I, I actually don't think uh, words like mez- mezzanine show up on SATs just because it's a noun. And I think uh, SAT words are more like, adjectives, um, verbs, and adverbs. And those are the kinds of words that they want to test people on, not necessarily nouns. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is a noun and it is from Italian um, origin borrowed into uh, English, just straight up as it is without too too many changes or no changes at all, actually. Um, And Really, it's two parts. It's meza, which means it, which is the noun part, and that means middle. And then you have the in or the ine, which is a diminutive, so it's a small middle. Um, and it specifically refers to a. This is the hard part to explain, um, but okay. I'll just read the the dictionary definition that I got. So it's a low story between two higher ones in a building. Um, I don't think that's a really good definition, but it is one that I found. Um, It's more like a, it's kind of like an intermediate floor, you could say. Um, So if you have a a big enough room, like a warehouse or something like that, you can build a mezzanine, which would be this kind of like, again, this intermediate floor that wouldn't necessarily extend all the way across. It would just be a kind of like uh, relegated to like one side of the building and you would need stairs to go up to the mezzanine. And um, probably the best way for anybody to really understand what it is, if people don't know what it is, if you're like me and don't know what it is, is just to look up like, mezzanines on pinterest boards and just see like what kinds of fantasies people have for their homes because they all imagine like this really spacious 
open um, living room and they all imagined building some kind of like mezzanine for that living room where they could like walk up the stairs and some like really narrow, narrow staircases, by the way, they'd go up these narrow staircases and then just like hang out at the top so that they can see everything that's happening down in the living room. <laughs> so people have like little couches or um, bean bags or like a little table set up for like coffee or tea or alcohol. And then they have like books, like just like stacks or um, like bookcases. And really it's just like this place to hang out. So yeah, I just recommend going up on Pinterest and looking up what, what people fantasize when they, when they think about mezzanines. It's like hanging out, but now you're hanging out with power. Uh, <laughs> people also use them as offices too, like an office on the living room. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just um, looked it up. Go. Oh, I was oh sorry, yeah, Frank, go ahead. No, 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 that's okay. I was say I just looked it up and uh, and the images. Yeah, I feel like some cafes have it. Right? Is that what we're, is that is that true? Like cafes have like mezzanines and some bars too. I think when they're yeah. trying to be like fancy or something like that. And of course it, it is, I do feel like it is always cool. Like if you're at the bar and they have a mezzanine, it's cool to go sit up there because then you can do like, you can people watch. Um, you, you can, can lord it over the, the piano. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there's definitely a whole classes thing going on, as you mentioned, Josh, in this word, but yeah. I think it's also like a suburban fantasy maybe to like be able to watch your children grow up maybe in a living room or something like that. It's kind of like treating your own family like Sims. <laughs> Just looking down on them, chilling out. You know, uh, you said that mezzanine is not a, or it's a noun, but what about the adjectival form? Mezzanino. Or mezzanino. Um, it is used as an adjective when you say something like a mezzanine balcony or a mezzanine floor or a mezzanine window, which just means like this is going to be a window that's placed at the level of the mezzanine so that anybody at the mezzanine can look out of the window. You know, if because if you were at the at the ground floor, you wouldn't be able to look out the window or something. But um, other places that have um, mezzanines, by the way, theaters, and maybe you've all been to a theater that has one. Um, you know, you have like the people who are sitting at the ground floor um, and who have, who can, who have access to the ground floor, of course, through like the main entrance and exit. But then sometimes there's a kind of like overhanging level with more seats. And these are usually people who have to like use the stairs to get down and have access to the main exit. Um, so if you're like on the ground floor. Also where the peanut of, gallery sits, right? Where? To interrupt you. The mezzanine. Where? Peanut gallery sits in the mezzanine, right? Do they? I've never seen a peanut gallery. <laughs> I think what he's referring to are... I'm not talking about Snoopy and Charlie Brown here, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like, the mezzanine at the Staples Center are, like, the crap seats or something, right? Oh, maybe not. Maybe they're in the middle, actually. Are those the ones that, yeah, you feel like you're going to fall into the Staples Center? Yeah, the vertigo seats. I think mezzanines always give you the sense that you're going to fall. And we actually need to talk about that, but we'll get to it later. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, mezzanines, uh, you know, a lot of theaters also have mezzanines. Um, and you still didn't explain to me the peanut gallery, Aaron. Oh, peanut gallery is, is essentially the, the critics. The, um, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, the undesirable. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's where they put the critics at? Yeah, I mean, maybe they gravitate there naturally. I don't know. 
I'm just picturing those King two Muppets. Gary. Statler and yeah, Waldorf. I was, yeah. yeah, I was picturing those two Muppets too. I mean, the peanut gallery the is just critics. the people who the people who have something to say. Yeah. Like, who always have something to say. Something to say. Yeah, critics. I wonder if we're confusing a mezzanine with a balcony because there are theater, uh, balconies and theaters that also have seats and they're like special seating. And it's usually the people who have like the most money who also sit there. But maybe we're, I don't know, you, you tell me. Do we, because I feel like it is easy to confuse a mezzanine with a balcony seat. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, because I was picturing the balcony at first, but then there's also those, those sort of side, is that the mezzanine, the sort of side thing? Like where it's like a couple of seats or is that something totally different? Uh, there's a, like the balcony which is huge and then there's like those small little side things I don't know yeah yeah picture the theater as a motorcycle and then the mezzanine is like the side sidecar but slightly raised mm -hmm. yes that makes sense I hope not also Aaron I think you went from talking about the peanuts to talking about the Muppets talking about where the critics are right right Wait, yeah so uh, Abe, do you know what he's talking about with those uh, Muppet critics and they're always at that particular spot in the theater? Yeah, I think so. Um, is that the balcony or the mezzanine? Yeah, that, that's, the issue. that's the question I'm asking is, um, because I also had this question and I thought, well, is the mezzanine the balcony, a balcony kind of area? And the answer seems to be that it's not, that they're different. Mm. Um, specifically, the balcony seems to have like very limited seating, right? And it and it does kind of protrude out of the wall, right. whereas a mezzanine is like a floor that you're building like halfway through the height of the room. So it's it has to be like a floor, not just like some like a little architectural bubble that's like sticking out of the wall. Um, Mezzanines are like set problem. back generally. Have you, I, you, I used to think of those what, as landings. Oh. Yeah, in a theater there's like the balcony, there's the boxes and the mezzanine. But you know what I think is confusing from, or what, what made this confusing is that I think a lot of theaters just call a lot of different things the mezzanine without it actually connecting to the original definition like if there's like multi layers of a balcony, like if you buy tickets for like, you know, a show somewhere and it's in like a theater setting, they'll just call something the mezzanine like level. Like, oh, that's the mezzanine level. And it's really not a mezzanine, it's really just a balcony or it's, yeah, or it's like a, a balcony. Yeah, so that's, I think that's what's confusing uh, for me about it. This word causes confusion. But it also brings us to the question of marketing, right? Because a lot of, a lot of what's marketed as like fancy, um, we use um, Italian or French words to describe these things. So like when it comes to food or, or when it comes to this like architectural uh, creation, right? It's like, oh, well, let's call it something in Italian or French. That way it sounds fancy and we could get people to pay more to, to hang out there, you know? So, yeah. So even, yeah, so you're right, Efren, like even if it's not a uh, exactly a mezzanine, it still would be awesome to call it that because then you can get people to pay more just to be there. And you have to build an elevator so people can get there. Have you guys ever had a vegetable meat cheese plate or something? Or yeah, no. I used to be a staple of like most parties, right? Or ga gatherings. I think it's called crudité. Crudité, yeah, but that's that's only the vegetable. The meat is like a whole different thing. Charcuterie. Yeah, charcuterie. That's another one too. Yeah. That's another one of those. That, that can get real fancy if you want. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. right, we have those all the time at at UCLA, right, Efren? Don't they have those after every meeting or something? 
Look at you, freaking Bruins, living it uh, up. Your crudite and charcuteries. I bet you you go to the boulanger for lunch every every time. <laughs> Don't call I think it the department buys most of those. If it's a sparkling sparkling California wine, though. I was gonna make a bad joke that I think the department buys most of those at the at the at uh, the Costco. Let's go. Let's go. Step above the Tarje. Yeah, the Tarje. I've heard that one before. Where do you buy your clothes? I go to Tarje. Uh, so let me bring up a few more things. Oh, so the etymology of mezzanine I mentioned is Italian, but it's also French from the 17th century. And I think I already mentioned that, that the, the word uh, meza is uh, middle from the Latin medianus um, and from the Proto-Indo-European root of medio or middle. And by the way, there is another, there is a synonym for mezzanine and it's entresol. Um, I'll type it into the, the chat here and let Efren, uh, Aaron pronounce it. I think entresol. I pronounce it. Hey, French or yeah. Italian or what? Entresol. entresol. Okay, in a generic yeah, Latin, I, Latin accent. Yeah. Entresol, entre, yeah. entre, enter. Inter, like between, and soul, the sun. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's really the, the same thing, right? Entre is like uh, the Spanish entre, which could mean to come in, but it also means something like to be in between. Um, and that's really what the mezzanine is. It's just like an architectural or um, a kind of floor that's built in in the middle of a big room or something like that. The mezzanine um, is the lower middle class. <laughs> the lower middle class. So let me let me give you my definition of mezzanines, by the way. So mezzanines are really just like fancy architectural floors that raise the value of upper middle class homes, but they're dangerous occupational hazards for working class people. And uh, so maybe we can talk about that second part now, about how mezzanines are actually dangerous. Um, the yeah, kids the idea, of, of course, yeah, yeah, that's what I think about when I saw the, that's what I thought about when I saw the Pinterest boards with all these um, mezzanine fantasies. It's just like, if you have kids, they're definitely falling off of that. They're going to, play on the rails and like fall down and break something. Header. Or worse, take a header and just like a missile. <laughs> Into the coffee table. I remember uh, like that. When I, I remember uh, when I worked at, at, at Home Depot, there were these huge, uh, like there are these huge um, metallic, uh, carts with wheels on them and they almost reminded me of a mezzanine though because like they're they're almost like a huge platform that we would use to oh. go to the top and to stock and oh, to move yeah. merchandise and they're they're like the size i mean i feel like some of them are almost the size of an aisle like a, i mean the width of an aisle itself so people would used to fall off those and there used to be a lot of close calls with those too um yeah, they're not supposed to be going like, that's on. almost like a mezzanine huh they're not supposed to be going on them, and yet, whoopsie. <laughs> not the uh. customers. Yeah, the customers aren't supposed to. to do, oh, I thought you said but they were falling off. Sorry. Maybe we could market those. To, maybe yeah. we could market those to the lower middle class as uh, portable mezzanines. Portable. To put above your uh, above ground pool. Yeah. You know? I, I want to hear these stories. I want to hear this story, Efren, though. Like, do you, do you know anybody who fell from one and like what happened? Were they okay or? Yeah, well, the, 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 mez the, the mezzanines, I don't, they're actually, I don't even know what they're called, but they, they look like a mezzanine. Uh, people would fall off them all the time, but they they weren't that high off the ground. So, you know, there, there's, so it wasn't, there weren't really big injuries, but um, yeah, we fracture. also had this, 
Yeah, we also had this thing that was almost like a forklift that was like that did go very high. Like it went high off the ground to the top of the stock things. But it wasn't exactly a mezzanine. But that if someone fell off that, they would probably be severely injured permanently. Because it went all the way to the top of the top of the stock. Um, which at Home Depot, if you remember, it's really high. It's like they stock all the way up to the roof almost. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of unsafe practices at that place but that's for another podcast abraham do you have stats on the uh, home injuries on the we are starting that podcast by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on the mezzanine no but uh but i do have I-, I know that um osha does have reports on uh mezzanine injuries at work um i i don't I don't have the stats that OSHA produces. So that's uh, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. That's a part of the US Department of Labor. But, you know, I I did do a search just because I wanted to read up like on a story of some injury or other. And I do have one in front of me. This is, uh, let's see, this is accident number 201072. 386 employee is injured and fall from mezzanine and this happened uh event date 4 14 2008 and let me just read it to you very quickly at approximately 11 35 a.m on april 14 2008 an employee was installing installing a window frame in an opening on the mezzanine level one and one half story above the ground there was a temporary guardrail on the northern perimeter of the mezzanine, but there was an opening on the west end where a temporary barrier had been removed and replaced with red caution tape. <laughs> the opening at the west end was 98 inches long, the width of the mezzanine floor, and 25 inches wide. Beyond the opening was an exterior wall with steel framing and sheetrock installed, which made it look like the floor went all the way to the wall. The employee and the foreman had finished the work when the employee laid out his extension cord on the mezzanine floor in order to unravel it before putting it away. The employee was laying out the cord while walking backward toward the west end of the mezzanine. The employee walked backward and fell through the unguarded opening. He landed on the con- <laughs> he landed on the concrete deck 15 feet below. According to the general contractor, a temporary barrier consisting of a plywood sheet with the red caution tape had been placed in front of the opening the Friday before the accident. The red tape was still across the opening the morning of the accident, but the plywood sheet had been removed. The employee was transported to Scripps Hospital in La Jolla. So this happened in, in, uh, the San, in San Diego County, where he was hospitalized and underwent treatment for a broken back and broken ribs. If you fall the right way, it doesn't take that much, yeah. I mean, by right way, I mean the wrong way. <laughs> if you fall flat on your back, maybe you would have survived it. But you don't think about that when you're doing your Bugs Bunny walking on air impression. Well, <laughs> I feel bad for that worker because it wasn't, um, you know, his fault or even his ambitions to be up there really necessarily. But um, Okay, I have a guess. This is where I play Guess Abraham's Thesis. And you introduced that word uh, entresol, right? Which means Mm -hmm. like between us and the sun, kind of. Or like in the middle of of the sun. But not in the middle of the sun, but like on the way to the sun. Do you think um, mezzanine injuries are a result of flying too close to the sun? Um, no, I don't know. It's, it's more like, uh, you know, like part of what it means to be like the working class is that you're always just kind of building things for other people, you know? Oh, right. No, I don't mean for the workers, but I mean, I guess I mean for like family members, if they get hurt on it. Oh, I, I I don't really understand what you what you're telling me right now, but my point was, I feel like uh, 
like one of the things that I could say is that like a lot of these injuries, right? Like work injuries stem from trying to make things that are just kind of stupid, to be honest, just because somebody thinks that like it makes their property value better or, or I don't know, or just because somebody wants it for no reason than to be cool or something like that. I don't know. I think if I was saying something about this word, I I would just like riff on that. But you know, we could say whatever we want about it. But yeah, maybe I, I do think having a mezzanine is kind of a silly idea if you have kids though, and they're all like three, four, five years old. Like you know, they're gonna fall. SATs. That's how you raise the value of a home, man. Come on, value. It's all about raising value. Instead of having raising them with values, raise the value of the house. Nice. Um, here's an interesting fact for you guys. Uh, John Wilkes Booth had to climb the stairs of the mezzanine before he gained access to the presidential box, which was at the balcony. So there you go. Famous person who traversed the mezzanine. John freaking Wilkes Booth of all people. Do you know what Wilkes Booth uh, yelled when he jumped off the stage? Okay, what language did he did he speak? Was, he was it Latin? It was Latin, yes. Yeah. Was it something tyrannous? Something tyrannous, yeah. Six Semper Tyrannus. Yeah, Six Semper Tyrannus. No. Then broke his leg. Oh, and what does that mean? What? Uh, Thus, always to tyrants. Basically, here his fate. This is the mm -hmm. tyrant's fate. Yeah. Told you, man. Mezzanines are dangerous, man. You see? Got some bad luck. You, you end up getting shot just because you want to have a mezzanine. Nothing good happens in the mezzanine, we should say. Nothing good happens. Except it's the title of an awesome, awesome album. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, Does anyone know? Josh? No? Um, uh, let, let me make sure I have this right. Yeah. Massive Attack, listen. right? No, no, I've, I just had a brain fart in the middle of You don't of, listen to Massive of, Attack. Uh, I don't? I'm guessing you don't. Yes, I do. Okay. Man. You listen to some weird stuff, so. Okay. Massive Attack, tr tricky. I listen to Tricky, who sang with Massive Attack. Anyways, but but yeah, that's an interesting sort of reference that you know, it's like a name of a famous album by Massive Attack. We gotta fit in. Um, oh God, uh, what's her name? Um, Portishead, a song by Portishead into the, one of the episodes. Gotta find a word that they use. Oh yeah. Maybe that's a bad idea to be influenced by the songs to get the words. Maybe that's unpure. Maybe we should be doing it the other way. Could do it all the ways. I like how you think. Yeah. Guys, you're flying. Isn't the first line of um, um is it Dante's Inferno that has the word mezzo? Mezzo del camino nostra vita mi ritrovai per una selva oscura per la la via di smarita era di dirita che la dirita via era smarita ah. you got it backwards thank you much yes. wow. <laughs> I by the way I set you up I set you up for that Aaron because I knew you knew that like I knew you'd like to do that that's fine man <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mid midway in the journey of life I found myself in a dark wood or the uh, straight path had been lost alright 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 Efren yeah. What is up with this Massive Attack album? Do you think it's related to mezzanines? The theme of the album has something to do with mezzanines. The title of the album, right? Yeah. But sometimes the title... Yeah, you know, I don't... I, I know that the, the, so, the a lot of the song lyrics in that album reference, like, partying and clubbing. So I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's, like... I don't know if I can make that connection um it, it's it's uh, it's trip hop right it's electronic music um so it's not like i don't yeah oh so it's got this kind of like 
it has this feeling of progression, like you're going higher, kind of like that. Going higher in a classy way. <laughs> ah, maybe. Yeah. And I think at the time, their music was considered sort of a cross between electronic and uh, hip hop. So maybe there's some kind of reference to that. Like, I don't know. Oh, the in between space. Yeah. All right. Maybe there's a song called Mezzanine on it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. That's called the title track, right? Yeah, it's not the first track, but it's a title track, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder there's a song that is named after the album name yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I think we need to move on to Lit Corner, unless we need to cover some other ground. Uh, no, I think we can move on. Thank you for your blessing, wise, great vicar of Christ. Oh, thank you. You even did the, uh, the papal symbol. Thank you. Each episode of Extreme Vocabulary features a piece of literature that uses today's word. Uh, Efren, what have you got for us today with mezzanine? Yeah, so today, um, you know, it was, I gotta say, it was pretty difficult to find um, literature that contained the word mezzanine. And it's not that it's not in literature. I just, really felt like doing something contemporary rather than something from the 19th century. And I imagine if I would have looked into the 19th century, uh, Victorian late, I probably would have found something, uh, but I didn't, I wasn't in the mood uh, for that century. So instead I found a poem um, from recent, it's a 2019 poem by a poet, uh, Zoe Hitzig called Stylized Facts. And uh, what's interesting about her as a poet, I should say, and she's from, uh, from, from Massachusetts, is that she is a PhD in economics, uh, or she's finishing up a PhD in economics. So, and she has a book uh, called uh, Mezzanine, right? Uh, so she writes a lot about like economics and sort of like human environments. And uh, so she kind of writes about those interesting things. So. I thought, okay, let's let's go with let's go with this poem. Uh, I'm gonna say that I I'm not sure what this poem's about. Uh, I'm only gonna read the first half of it, but the first half of it contains the word mezzanine. Um, I think. Oh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was that uh, mezzanine is also a name for a type of loan, uh, so it's a financial term too. I think it's been picked up. That definition has been picked up probably more recently. It's this sort of particular type of loan. Um, I don't know if that actually applies to this poem though, but nonetheless, I will read it. This is from 2020, uh, Zoe Hitzig. The poem is called Stylized Facts. Uh, and now I'm going to read the first, first couple of lines. Stylized Facts. Now I can't get past the mezzanine. Never know who's waiting for me downstairs by the revolving door covered in shields or crosses like the blood drive. Will this be the year they finally succeed in harvesting these last self organs, I ask, as they tell me it's for a cause? As if I'm not the swollen one smiling on their pamphlets. Don't bother with this logic of sameness as you eye me like the platter at labor lunch. I used to envy the trees wearing mists as veils, modest trunks exploding into thousands of muscle-bound legs soon as they reach the soil. Now even trees seem docile and susceptible. So too for the quasi-goddesses with half-lives shorter than a hair's. When we still had hair and partners, my partner shaving said hair said, we should be made of light. I'll stop there. Uh, and let me read the first part again, because it contains our word. Stylized facts. Now I 
can't get past the mezzanine. Never know who's waiting for me downstairs by the revolving door covered in shields or crosses like the blood drive. Will this be the year they finally succeed in harvesting these last self organs, I ask, as they tell me it's for a cause? Can you also really, read the, the last uh, line again for me? The last one that I read earlier? No, the very last line that were before you cut it off. Oh. Yeah, it's a very interesting line. When we still had hair and partners, my partner shaving said hair said we should be made of light. Okay. This is heavy. Yeah, you know what? Let me read the next line after that just because we're on it. Okay. We should be made of light. Well, every morning I wake hoping to uncover some slab of my body hollowed out and encased in steel. Everyone's entitled to the, her own magic bullet theory of the self. Ooh, that's interesting. So the writer's a, a female? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, obviously, you know, dealing with sickness, uh, a sickness of the blood, I'm assuming. I don't know which one. Uh, red crosses, you know, blue shields. Okay, that's what I'm seeing in the beginning. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's a very common thing you see among sick people, or at least a, it's, a, it's a trope, maybe it's a tired trope, where the sick person comes down from the stairs and doesn't want to go all the way and will just go to the top landing on the stairs and look down to address mm -hmm. people it also could be the the mezzanine financially like i can't get past a certain level maybe because of sickness and partner um that makes me think it's a lesbian relationship even though it doesn't have to be and uh shaving head reminds me of cancer but then i'm thinking it might be not cancer could it be something like aids oh. i don't know it's too much yeah i linked I put the link to the whole poem on the Google Doc, but yeah, it's um, I can't really uh, figure out the poem. Like, <laughs> I think those are good. I think that those are good. Like, it does. There's some. There's this reference to blood and medicine and like the body, right? That's definitely there. Sickness too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I, I... I get your your reading of this poem, Aaron, that it is about someone who has this uh, sickness and at the same time, it's like uh, they're waiting for this person to die to harvest their organs and the person is kind of complaining about it, thinking like, well, I could be like the person in the advertisements who also are asking for organs. Um, but I'm not sure like why this is the scene though, right? Like why do we begin at the mezzanine um, if this is like about a sick person? And then the rest of the poem seems to go into like this idea of like self and how we, we portray ourselves to others. Um, or how we explain ourselves, uh, or as this poem calls it, the magic bullet theory of self, like these easy explanations that we give people about who we are and why we behave and think the way we do. So then it, it the poem tends to shift to that. But yeah, like I really don't know why the mezzanine is the, the scene that, that opens this poem, right? And now I can't get past the mezzanine. Is it it's not even like the mezzanine is that prominently figured. It's just, it's, it's almost like a context. It's a scenery piece. It's just, it's there. This is where I happen to be. But I mean, it's symbolic too, of course. I mean, I think it is. The magic bullet theory of self is a, I like how your interpretation of it is that it's an easy version of yourself or that one that's easy to understand, but I think Magic Bullet is referring to JFK's assassination too, and it's kind of an impossible, um, an impossible bullet, right? Something a, that, a bullet that did like three or four twists and turns in the air, yeah. Yeah, so it's also describing some something else. I have a basic question about this. When she says, "I can't get past the mezzanine," um, first of all, 
like the mezzanine isn't something you have to get past. It's kind of like the end, isn't it? And I don't know if she's going up or downstairs because it seems like she'd be going past the mezzanine to go higher. But then it seems like, but she says, I never know who's waiting for me downstairs by the revolving door as if it's fear of the downstairs that keeps her from getting past the mezzanine. That's really good. Yeah, I, I buy that, yeah. I didn't think about that at all. I was like, oh yeah, I could be going upstairs. And you're out of breath almost like, I'm thinking like, you know, I can't get past the mezzanine level without like, you know, getting gassed out. Oh, she says she's out of breath too? Uh, I don't know if that's said in the poem, but kind of assuming that based on the words used. What's, yeah, I also just, yeah, that, that, these are all really, really good interpretations. I also just thought of like, what if I can't get past is like um, a figure, is being used as a figure of speech there. Like you can't stop thinking about it? Yeah. Getting past something, yeah. Yeah, and the mezzanine, of course, the midpoint between, I mean, the, the obvious interpretation would be the midpoint between life and death, right? Between one's sentience, like one's body and like not body, you know. Um, that would be like the sort of initial um, interpretation. Um, Fear of losing organs and things like that plays well into that as, I think, also. Yeah, and there's like this, this sort of cyborg, I think that, that, that reference to the encased in metal is a cyborg reference to cyborg right to uh, forgot about that yeah cybernetics yeah i was thinking so like a tomb ah but no I, I like yours too the cybernetics is more interesting yeah i mean that could be it could be some yeah that's true that's true I, yeah it could I, be both yeah, it could be everything. Yeah. that's true <laughs> that's true it's everything and nothing <laughs> So, no, yeah. no literature questions. You guys are so smart with your degrees. <laughs> well, our fancy, fancy degrees. You read all them books. Sorry. Um, so to, to connect it to your earlier recitation of Dante's Inferno, where he says, in the beginning, no, no, in the middle of the journey of our life, right, where middle is the word mezzo in Italian, right, nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita. So then if we read that line in the same way that we're reading this one, is the person saying, you know, like, I can't get past the mezzanine. It's like, I can't get past, like, middle age, like, being 40, what's, what's the middle age? Like 40, right? 40, 50 or something like that. It's like, I can't get past this point, you know? And it's like- 50 is the new 40. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> so then like, I can't get past the mezzanine is a way of saying like, I really kind of don't want to get, go beyond this point. Like, I don't want to get older to the point where I will be needing organ transplants or like to the point where my organs will be failing and I might have to face death or something like that. Right. Yay or nay? Yay. The, um, I, the, the, the way you translated the, uh, the first line of, uh, of the Inferno, you know, I think that's the more classic one, I'm not sure, but I always remember it uh, midway in the journey of our life, midway through the journey of our life, something along those lines. And I just like the word midway. I don't know if it struck me. That's a different translation, I'm guessing. Yeah, the other, the other translation is like, was it midway through life's journey or something? Or mid yeah. I like it better as midway through the journey of life, but that's wordy too, so maybe it's the other way around. I, I gotta look it up again. Yeah. Memory's not that good anymore. It's good for trivia, yeah. though. Like, I'm still, I'm doing okay in my trivia uh, app game, but uh, sometimes I get frustrated when I can't remember certain things. That's when I'm like, I'm getting old. Yeah. I used to know this there's stuff. A, there's a YouTube video. There's a YouTube video of a guy, of, of a professor translating that first line of uh, Dante's. And he says something like, oh, it might actually be something 
in like the midway to the journey of our lives with a plural. It's like, there's just a million ways to interpret it. Uh-huh. What do you guys yeah. think stylized facts means? The name of this poem by Zoe Hitzig. What's like stylized that. about it? Hmm. <laughs> I like that grunt, Aaron. You're just like, <laughs> This poem <laughs> is about so much, I think. Deep disappointed thinking. Yeah, she's covering a lot of ground, so I don't know. It's about the self a lot, like how others see you, I think. Uh, others are looking at you for your organs, not realizing that you might be the one who needs the organs, for example. She used to look at trees, thinking that they had like these magical uh, veils, um, and now they seem docile and stupid to her. Uh, I think maybe stylized facts are maybe a way of um, stating our own identity in a way that makes it seem less than mundane and anatomical, maybe. She's looking for the explanation of self that's more than, more than what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where I would go with it too. Yeah, like we we live and we die and everything else is just stylized style. <laughs> so a mezzanine is just like some worthless trivia in your life that doesn't really define you even though we make a big deal out of it. It's like, look, my house has a mezzanine like I'm awesome or something like that. And then, but it's just like this, uh, again, what the poem calls a magic bullet theory of self that really doesn't get to anything. Have any of you ever watched those, like, I don't know, I've got satellite, unfortunately, and so I see a lot of things. Uh, Those DIY, you know, like home improvement shows or like flipping house things and, you know, them installing and, you know, talking about real estate and value and property and all that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Why did I bring this up? I was going to make a point. I think it's a cool new kind of metaphor for... Um, oh. No, also, we have Dante. Like, she's kind of starting like Dante. We've got that song stuck in the middle. I think it's a cool way to start a poem by saying, I can't get, on, I can't get past this middle, this mezzanine. And it kind of represents the middle class. It's also... Um, but like a you know, like a Aaron was talking about, like a home improvement level of middle class, where you're always trying to get closer and closer to that upper middle class. I guess <laughs> those shows are essentially for the you know the other one sitting at home and saying, why can't we do that? You know, uh, you know, Harold. Yeah. You know, it's it's masturbatory fantasies for them. That's really all it is. Should That's I what TV that is, though. Ah, if I, you think about it, yeah. yeah. Um, I was reading this article today about television and it's like a very marxist view of uh entertainment and it basically said that entertainment helps us to um to like replenishes our spiritual life so that we're able to handle labor or something like that so dreaming about the mezzanine just like um get your posture ready to carry more the next day or something like that. Dude, that's a, there's a scholarly paper title right there. The dream of dream of the mezzanine. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Borges story. And it's a all Borges about the Borges. vanilla ice thing. Yeah. The vanilla ice home improvement show. That'd be cool. Mezzanine too. And home improvement. Yeah, it's like uh, like that middle part of uh, the social economic ladder is like the hard part to traverse. It's like... Uh, it keeps shrinking, that's why. Right. And it's probably non-existent right now. And then like all those people are going to be homeless like pretty soon. Um, but like, yeah, it's like that's the hardest part to like really break through so that you can be part of that upper class right where then where then you're just like completely economically secure 
as long as you're just like playing into this like crooked game where you're just being cool with everybody no matter what they do because you're gonna get a cut from that or something like that i don't know i'm very cynical of course especially in this time in this time that that's we're why we love you like why wouldn't i be completely cynical of the elite class you know for sure people say why are you depressed why what, what what's the problem look outside take your pick so Aaron, you no, oh no, this was you, Efren. You you mentioned something about how like mezzanine also refers to um oh I know I wrote it down and then I just completely ignored it. Um I'm seeing more Dante. Sorry, just to interrupt you real quick before we move sure. on to the next point. I'm seeing more Dante in this poem the more I look at it. Starts in the middle, going downstairs, there's all these organs and like body parts down there. Interesting. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know, man. That's cool. You're getting so much from this poem. Uh, um, this poem, apparently. So, does well, it ever go up? Four majors. Four <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many lit majors does it take to screw a light bulb? Five, obviously. One to hold the light bulb, and four to turn the building. Uh. <laughs> I like that. Josh, do you see a point in this poem when it goes up? Since you're seeing like a descent into hell, is there a, is there an ascent into like purgatory and then paradise or no? Holy crap, even at the end, it's a half frozen field. Is, um, yeah, Satan was like in a, in a huge glacier, basically. I don't see the, I don't see her going up, but she does say that she awaits the next campaign. So maybe there's some optimism there. And we're not reading the whole poem either. So there's, oh, more, there's more to it. There's more to it? Yeah. Oh. Oh, Josh, you're there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I am at the bottom. I'm oh, is that, that's the very end. Oh, yeah. my. Maybe she thinks she's going to be reincarnated and just go through the whole thing again. I don't really know. Maybe there's no, was it rebirth in our current era? This is a very contemporary poem. I mean, it just came out, I think, this year. I mean, the, the book collection, there was probably, it came out last year, but the book collection came out this year that it's featured in, which is called Ooh. Mezzanine. Yeah. I also want to point out that it's interesting that, we, that you know, we did a, we're doing a podcast on the word mezzanine and both major assass presidential assassinations came up in the, in the, in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who was it that mentioned the uh, JFK? Magic bullet and, yeah. When the magic bullet was mentioned, that's a JFK thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, Lincoln, of course. Wait, can I ask about the magic bullet? Why does that refer to the JFK assassination? Can I share the screen to, so you can see my cursor? Never mind. Um, so basically, the uh, I don't know if I could do this without a visual demonstration, but the magic bullet, it entered his back, and then it hit his wrist, and then it uh, hit his leg. No, no, it didn't hit his leg. So it hit his back, apparently, one of the bullets. It hit his wrist, and then it went into the back of the seat, uh, the front seat, went through that. And then um, after going through that, uh, I got totally thrown off by that. And then after hitting the back seat, uh, the front seat, it hit the governor in the back or something like that, and then hit him in the thigh. And it did like these amazing twists and turns based on the trajectory they were talking about. Like three like turns that like defy gravity. Like it would not stop and then turn and go the other direction basically, but that's what they were saying that it did based on where the exit holes were in their bodies. The, Am I, or are you sharing my I think, no, yeah, you're, you're exactly right about that, Aaron, but I think that is pretty complicated. I think the easiest way to think about it for me is just like, you know how his head shoots back? When well, there were several shots. There wasn't just the one. Well, that's, so. that's the non-magic bullet theory, but. Oh, that's, the de that's the death blow from the null, the grassy null, yeah. Yeah, so just, I mean, it, it, there is some weird trajectory stuff when you look at the actual case, but 
If you just think about one of the things that people focus on is that supposedly he gets shot in the back of the head, but then his head jerks back when he gets shot. So like how weird that yeah, is. Yeah, you would go forward. You would go forward from the impact. You wouldn't like jerk back. Yeah. Not a natural yeah. reaction. The, the magic bullet theory is a way to explain the official narrative of his assassination. The only way to explain it, yeah. according to the official narrative, is that there had to have been a magic bullet. So it's meant to cover up the other conspiracies about it, which is that there was additional shooters, uh, that one of his bodyguards accidentally shot him when trying to retaliate from the initial shots. There's just a lot of conspiracy theories about it. But to try to like cover all those up, they just say they just use a magic bullet theory. So magic bullet theory is the language that is the official language used by by the government department that investigated the case, or is that it's uh, it's become more of just the cultural phenomenon of of you know exploring conspiracies like this. They that has adopted the zeitgeist adopted it. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So it's people who are conspiracy theorists who are reanalyzing the case as reported by the government and, and saying, well, this is just the magic bullet theory. And that's what they call that official report. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Can you uh, not stop sharing this? Yeah, who's sharing this? Josh? Yeah, can you go oh. back, Josh, to the original? Yeah. Oh, I'm sharing? My bad. Yeah, you're sharing. <laughs> you didn't know? No. Looking at you, we're reading your emails. <laughs> it's a good thing we warned you, Josh. Oh, yeah. Because who knows where else your screen would have went. Hey, if, 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 uh, you get an or if there's an order charge on your card for, you know, 500, you know, condoms. <laughs> wow. Just ignore it. <laughs> Speaking of the magic bullet. The magic bullet. All right. That's a good uh, one. That is. <laughs> and with that, on each episode of Extreme Vocabulary, we choose a song to go out with. Usually the song will relate to the word in some way. And in this case, uh, like I said, it's not in the uh, title, as there was another choice that I didn't think about, Efren mentioned earlier. But it's not that song. It is this song. Oh, what is the song again? The song is uh, Super Bon Bon, which is a horrible name, unfortunately, by uh, Soul Coffee. C-O-U-G-H-I-N-G. All right, great. This is a very 90s song. This is like our, our high school years. Yeah, it's a classic 90s song. Yeah. I'll put it at the end of the episode. What else do we got at the end of the episode? It'll be enjoyable. What else do we have? Uh, the sign-off. That's what we have. Unless we want to talk further about mezzanine or related topics. Only if Efren knows enough about uh, the mezzanine in business. Because I remember coming up with that, but I didn't really investigate it too much. I don't understand all this secured loans and equity kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, mezzanine level loan. Yeah, right. I, I'm. Yeah, I'm not the. I'm definitely not the person to know more about that. So yeah, if any of us are here. But I'm sure some of our amazing fans know more, and they should write in to talk talk to us about it. Or and better yet, they should join us. Like last week, we had we had a couple of folks uh, join us in the podcast. Even if they didn't contribute like uh, verbally, they would type in responses. Sometimes you could do that too. That could be you. Yeah, for our next live, for our next live one. Yeah, yeah, next live one, which whenever that happens, pretty soon. All right, I guess it's time to sign us off. Thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uabo and Wagyan Paradise by Erika Imura. Please email us at extremevocabulary at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at extremevocab. I was Aaron. This is Efren. I was Josh. Now I am Abraham. Like, like clockwork, like pudding, guys. I love it.
See you next. How oh, can you even be better than that episode?